0: We know that those nasty Quebecers and the one-two-three Kid and Marty Jannetty are having a match tonight at Madison Square Garden. And I, for one, am hoping those Quebecers win. So I and my brother here, Dirty Dog Heart, can take those titles. And we can be the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. Tell them, Dirty Brett.
1: Um, mm, uh normally i don't cheer for the quebecers but i like to ch- i like beverly hart and i challenge for the tag team titles but either way i'm sure the one two three kitty and marty would give us a tag team title shot down the road
0: hey dirty dog i hear you calling i think it's time for the show Sleep sleepover has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, and event status radio. They're recording again, ha ha! Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do?
1: Live from Richard <laughs> I'll redo that one. Live from Richmond, <laughs> Virginia. A recording live from the Smelling Room Coliseum or the Richmond Coliseum. <laughs> the Wherever Smelling we...
2: Room! That's amazing. It's a Smelling Moon, but it's even better if it's the Smelling Room Coliseum. <laughs> yes. Wherever we
1: may be, this is Manifest Radio. I am the Dirty Dog, Darson. As you guys heard, interrupted me, as always, to keep me in line, keep me in oh. check. Hey, whatever, man. To keep me in line and keep me in check as I repeat, is Mr. Beverly Hills representing the 90210, the white meat baby face
2: from California, Beverly, how are you? I'm I'm doing pretty darn well. Recorded live on Super Sunday, which I'm sure you have absolutely no care about. Super Brawl Saturday? Yeah. Well Super Brawl Saturday would be even better if we could somehow transport ourselves back to Super Brawl Saturday to watch Ron versus the total package who will tear you apart. Boo 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 We're back. Uh-huh. Oh okay. I was like, what do you I was like, what is that what you, I thought you were being like a small child booing Lex Luger or something? I I I, I just,
0: boo, boo, boo.
2: <laughs> no, I'm trying to do Wayne's World.
0: Oh, Yeah, you really can't see
1: me doing that in front of my microphone, so.
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> So, yeah, this is the Go Home Raw to the 1994 Royal Rumble. Yes, sir. And according to my Roku, according to the WWE Network, for this Raw, my Roku tells me, Macho Man Randy Savage faces Ern R. Scheister. Intentions rise between Yokozuna and the Undertaker as their casket match approaches.
2: The network descriptions really threw me off this morning as I was watching this because I I didn't want to like go back and have to look when the dates were, and I thought this was the right one, but then I looked at the the one after this and it said that. Todd Pettengill previews the Royal Rumble, so I was like, oh no, like, is this the right one, or is the next one the right one, so I did have to look at the the dates to figure it out, but yes, yes, this is indeed the go-home edition of the Yeah, uh, as
1: we discussed before the, I guess more or less you discussed, and it laughed at me for not checking things, uh, the WWE Network ain't always correct.
2: Yes, indeed. That is certainly true. So since it's been a while since we were,
1: been on the road to WrestleMania 10 series, I've been enjoying these opening 30 seconds or so, 60 sure. seconds clips of opening video packages, kind of telling us what's what's been going on. For this show, Vince opens up, you know, d- d- doing voiceovers.
3: All excited in scraggly voice.
1: <laughs> Tell us about how Marty and the kid won the Take 10 Pedals the week before. Prior on Monday Night Raw, they're to be defending the tag team titles at Madison Square Garden against the former champions, the Quebecers.
2: Yeah, and then that glory hog macho man gets in the ring and starts soaking in the cheers. <laughs> He's just a macho man. Get, I just get, don't get it. I just don't get it. It's so weird.
1: What do you expect of the macho man? <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. Then we get the classic Raw intro. Which is always brings a tear to my eye because it brings me <laughs> that much joy.
2: Yeah, rock on.
1: Then Vince welcomes us to Raw, tells us that Stan Land will be giving us a report during the take team title match from live from Madison Square Garden. Right. And, and Crush is our color guy this week. Yes, Bruna. And I have a strong feeling when McMahon introduced Crush as our color guy, that I'm a hate hear his accent for the next hour
2: (laughs) oh come on mr dirty dog brother you gotta it's it's gonna be okay you hear him
1: through the whole hour plus something that oh yeah that he during each match they talked about macho man versus irs you know building up the main event and crush crush called macho man pretty much each time a hothead Okay. He was doing his you know his Hawaiian accent and then he said Macho man that hothead yeah, like stopping yeah, his, Well he is. Oh stopping his accent like crush shut up like <laughs> I'm tired of hearing your
2: voice just shut up. <laughs> Why well, he's the announcer what's he supposed to do? <laughs> Stop talking? That's his job. <laughs> well that'll bring a lot of bias for me if he stops talking. I guess but he's doing his job.
1: Okay, I guess I'll let him do his job for the next. I don't,
0: I don't understand.
2: Like, <laughs> sh- shut up, Crush! Stop talking. Okay, <laughs> that that seems a little, uh, I don't know, counterproductive considering he's the color commentator.
1: But... Well, I guess so far on the three stops on the road to WrestleMania 10 series, so far we had Johnny Polo, Matchman, and Crush. Crush is easily leading the
2: rear on the le- on my least favorite color guys we've had. I would. I would certainly agree with you. I would certainly agree with you. Okay. Now, on the tip of this, uh, yeah. So, the Madison Square Garden show I was looking actually did happen on January seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. However, this raw was recorded one week earlier. So, yeah, just to keep just to keep the the continuity live here. What? Well, because yeah, we didn't so, also- not
1: quite live. We obviously didn't see clips from the show here on this trial. We just got uh, phone calls from Super Stan Lane, which we'll get into. <gasps> super which we'll get into out in each match, which I'm excited <laughs> to see. Get your opinion on it, because on Super Stan, yeah, it's Super. Well, so on his phone calls, more or less.
2: Oh, okay, okay, so, all right, cool.
1: So the first match of the night, which Mr. Beverly Hills, I have to definitely open up my oh, main event status, male yellow, yellow. Yep. We get Owen Hart, the rocket Owen Hart, coming out with Brett Hart, without his ring jacket, taking on Terry Austin. Yep. I felt like this was a all right of an opener. I feel, feel like out of the other jobbers you'll see in the night, Austin was a good choice. In regards to he didn't really screw up against
2: Owen Hart, I felt like he was probably the best choice for Owen Hart to go off of. Your- so you, so you didn't notice the spot where Owen tried to monkey flip him, and he decide, take- and he decided to to instead uh, land on his face instead of his back. <laughs> I did notice that that did hurt. So I guess okay, one one
1: monkeyed up spot. Let's see what it did there. Yeah, but I guess other th- other than that, I feel like. Out oh, of the other jobbers, Terry Austin didn't look as bad as I feel like the other jobbers did later on the show.
2: Okay. Do you know who Terry Austin is? Uh, didn't have a lot going on, just some, some 94 spots. He uh, well, mostly wrestled in the PWF, which was the Italian Stallions um, promotion in the Carolinas, but not too much exposure after that. And it seemed like most of his stuff was happening here in this kind of early to mid '90s uh, okay. time.
1: So, and what's your thoughts on Owen doing the Hitman Babyface gimmick of giving the fans a Hitman glasses?
2: I thought it was tremendous. I thought it really. I I pretty much thought everything that Owen was doing in this '93 '94 time was perfect. You know, down to uh, taking. Uh, uh, Brett's baby face spots like handing the kids the um sunglasses like doing his his moves uh, i I really liked the the little touches that Owen added to his near uh heel turn that we're gonna see here as I was going to say I remember uh, yeah watching most me at ten a lot
1: and other pay per views as Owen has a heel and ripping apart the hitman glasses so seeing Owen doing the Babyface hitman spots like that, yeah, kind of threw me off. Like <laughs> I'm so used to seeing Owen not do that, so kind of threw me a loop. But I did enjoy it, I guess. Like you said, with the incoming turn that we will see here soon enough,
2: it was it was a, a nice touch from Owen. Yeah, I I just feel like he's he does such a good job at these like little. Things that everything like just has a the the smallest of twists to it, like he's he has a bit of sarcasm to it, or he's just I don't know like trying too hard, like to the point where you can tell it's it's an effort to do it, you know, that it's not coming natural, but it's not where it's not coming natural, like watching randy martin be a baby face it's yeah. it's a purposeful thing he's he's putting this on as an act i i thought he did a really good job yeah de-
1: definitely that especially with the interview that we'll be hearing from brett Owen Hart later Owen did a very good job on this this edition of monday night raw
2: yeah and i in the match i he uh threw some he threw a really nice looking enzigiri um which, is, it, which he, has always been one of his uh more Famous maneuvers. Uh-huh, exactly. And he hit a, a good-looking elbow drop, and I thought that was going to be the end. Um, But then he – and this is another point where he's just kind of being, being a little heelish. Like, I I kind of wish Brett would have played along a little bit, and I feel like this would have been a good chance for him to be, like, encouraging him to cover the jobber and, like, you know, be a sportsman – pin pin the guy when he's done, you know, that kind of thing. So I feel like um Brett dropped the ball a little bit on that one. But so after this elbow drop, he does go up top. He hits a night a really good looking top rope drop kick, which which I know he did use as a finisher in the past. And then just finishes him off with a sharpshooter. Yeah. I know we talked
1: about it before we got in the match, but yeah, when you were yeah, going over some of the spots that you enjoyed, I did right down when Owen was doing the monkey flip to Terry Austin, and <laughs> yeah. Terry Austin went in for business for himself, and landed at his face.
2: <laughs> Crush. Well, he didn't. He didn't tuck his head. He he kept it straight, so he ends up hitting straight on his forehead instead of tucking and rolling. So you yeah. can see that. Yeah,
1: right when that move happened, that Crush was in the middle of talking about. I didn't take note. What I'd take note of what, but Crush stopped in the middle of this of his sentence. <laughs> And said, good move, brother. <laughs> and continued <laughs> yeah. talking about whatever else he was talking about, which made me laugh. But <laughs> Yeah, prob- no- probably the Macho Man or something. As you noted, Owen Hurts the winner. Under this match, one half of a star. Like I said, he was a good good jobber match. Just one of those really weighs
2: my forte of jobber matches. Oh, see, I really liked it. I thought it was... I. Two stars. I thought it was a really nice uh, showcase for Owen. I thought it showed his big moves. You know, we got the top rope drop kick. We got the enzigiri. I thought uh, it was um, a pretty pretty darn good jobber match. So I I liked it a lot, and I I think it, it's important to get Owen on this uh, this go home edition of Raw here. Yeah,
1: which. And which I really liked that like I said out of all the, the jobber matches that we get in this on this card, Owen Hart this Owen Hart Terry Austin match was probably the best one.
2: Yeah, um, I'd agree with that.
1: And yeah, I'll, yeah, before we move on to the interview with Owen and Brett, that yeah, you know, Stanley called and I wanted to mention holy moly. He sounded horrible. I could barely understand it when he when he talked. Yeah, he's on the phone. Well yeah, but the volume I think more or less the next call, like, went in and out, like, up and down, like, they're, like, munk-
2: purposely monkeying with the volume just to piss people off.
1: Unless it was just me that noticed that.
2: I I guess, of all the things to notice, this is an interesting one. <laughs> Anyways, after the match, Vince goes over and gets an
1: interview with both guys, ringside, which I really enjoyed those ringside interviews. Okay, and yeah. I really enjoyed how they let continue to let Owen Hart's theme song play in the background. Okay, which I especially when Brett talked, it was interesting to hear Owen Hart's theme song playing in the background. Sure. How about what they said? Let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much that you know, like we did with the opening part of the podcast, that perch both hearts went or said that they would like to see the kid and Marty retain the titles. But they do want the. Okay, I'm sorry. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I go back. I mistyped. Go ahead, Mister Beverly Hills.
2: Owen does not want the kid and uh, Marty to win. He wants the Quebecers to win because he wants the titles. I was just going to say they want the opportunity to challenge the titles at the Rumble since they're facing the Quebecers at the pay per view. But yeah, Brett Brett isn't at. Brett doesn't care. He he said that he. Could never cheer the Quebecers. He wants uh, uh one, two, three, kid, and Marty to win. And he uh, uh assumes that uh, being the nice guys they are, they'll give him a shot down the road. And Owen even kind of gives him a sideways look, but no, they do not agree on this, not at all.
1: I, I guess I was very bored of this promo, like Bret Hart was, came across on television.
2: Yeah, Hart, came, uh, yeah, but, well. Even Owen kind of sputtered coming into it. He had a tough time kind of getting to his point. Eventually he did, but Brett sounded terrible. Owen in it. Owen definitely brought the charisma to the to the interview. Brett Hart, not so Once he so got much. into it. Yeah, yeah. Once, once Owen got into it, he started off a little rough. But once he kind of got around to the point that he was uh, really wanting that title opportunity so that he could win. The titles, along with his brother, Brett, which he really stressed, and I like that. Yeah, which I like that too, and I really like that Brett,
1: David mentioned nothing about that. In in his part of the promo, which I like coming up to what we'll be seeing at the Rumble, the heel turn, makes a lot of sense that it was Owen's focus to win the tag team titles with his brother, and Brett, not so much. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we get a funny commercial, which... We talked about Affair, which I'll let you. I feel like you do more justice to this funny commercial than I would, so take this away. Well,
2: in this very kind of strange commercial, there's this lady sitting on a random bench in a white just background, and she's like reading a book, and then this dweeb keeps coming up to her doing poor impressions of various. Uh, Various WWF superstars, we get a Razor impression, we get a Brett impression, uh, a Macho Man impression. Oh, yeah! And yeah, he keeps going, oh, yeah! Does he keep saying, dig it? I think he, I, he's saying, oh, yeah, dig it. And he keeps trying to say it, and the, and the lady uh, is very much ignoring him. And then finally, the real deal Macho Man comes out <laughs> uh, and sweeps this young lady off her feet, and she... Uh, exclaims to the camera, don't don't fall for cheap imitations. Or don't,
1: uh, fail for cheap imitations either. Yeah, that's almost what I said, yeah. (laughs) Which, I very, very, very well laughed hard for that, that commercial.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and and a not-so-veiled, uh, shot at WCW there. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So this next match that we get is Tatanka versus George South. And to be honest... I thought George South is a country star.
2: No, that's George Jones.
1: Close enough. <laughs> do you do know anything you, do about first name. Do you know anything about this George South character?
2: Do you do you not know anything about George South? Well, obviously I don't. Oh my god, George South is Perhaps the most legendary jobber of all time, outside of the now dearly departed Iron Mike Sharp. I feel like George South is kind of like, I I dare say, the Southern equivalent there. (laughs) George South has wrestled in every major promotion. He wrestled in uh, WWF, WCW, Mid Atlantic, uh, Smoky Mountain. Uh, He's. A good wrestler looks super sleazy. He's got like a very kind of like dirty uh, kind of reddish mullet he's balding, he's got a beard, and he always kind of did um but very, very good in the ring, I'd say, uh, and always kind of was, but yeah, deft always a jobber never really got much above that in all his time, you know, to be honest wrestler. to be
1: honest, I'm very happy. You were more excited to talk about George South than I am about this match with him against Tatanka because comparing this to the Owen Hart Terry Austin match, this was definitely the bathroom break match for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't the greatest, actually, probably because George South actually probably took most of this match. It was it was probably a. Maybe four minute match, and George Salt probably took two to three minutes of it on offense uh, before Tataka fired back and, uh, and and took it over at the end. But yeah,
1: well, I was gonna say that, especially since we've been seeing Tataka have a singles match at the pay per view. If there's anything I like this match on Raw, I'm totally not looking forward to us watching and reviewing his Rumble match.
2: <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, hopefully he's got a, a better. Well, I don't know. I was gonna say a better dancing partner than George South, but that to the end is probably wouldn't happen because George. If George South wasn't himself, uh, if he was in a different package, he'd probably be one of the better workers on the roster. Oh. Uh, but he he already has his job or reputation, and that's you know where he is on the card. Yeah, then- but go ahead oh yeah this is also when i noticed
1: i noted when St- vince had stan Lane on the phone where the volume kept on going up and down which made me understand the phone call even less which irritated me that much more because i wanted to take note what stan was saying about the team title match so he reported it here live on the podcast but i couldn't he just said the match had begun that's it fair enough so do you want to take the finish for the match?
2: Yeah, sure. So, Tatanka just hit a couple overhand chops at uh, at south, was able to kind of um, fire up there toward the end, and then he went up top for another overhand chop, and I, which I hadn't seen Tatanka hit very often, but it did look pretty cool. Uh, if not, maybe more of a transition move. I guess I can't see much as a chop as the finish, but it was here. Well, yeah, because uh, I was surprised to...
1: See so the finish come out of, out of like, yeah, the, the blue, like, the, like you said, Tatanka started to do his war dance and whatnot, hit a bunch of chops, ran wild, did the flying chop from top, and then pick up the victory. Like, okay. You know, I I was surprised at this because last week I played WWF Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo, which Tatanka's okay. a character on it, and on the game, Tatanka's finish maneuver is, I think, like the small and drop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the is, end of
2: the trail, man. Yeah, which man?
1: is Tatanka's... Or was known as Kentucky's finisher, so I was expecting him to finish George South, George Strait, whatever,
2: with that finish maneuver. <laughs> oh, that, but I suppose it. that's another uh, country star. I went George Jones, George Strait, I suppose. <laughs> Good but, call. But, yeah, I was just surprised that the flying
1: chomp uh, was the finish to me and came out of the air, out of the blue. But,
2: dude, this is something that you talked about. This is supposed to be your thing you do you forget what you say yes, on previous I, podcasts? I very, You've very well enjoy before. finishers finishes out of the blue like that. Yeah, you love that they don't finish with their same one. I especially when they're when they're against jobbers. So you gotta listen to yourself, man. <laughs> I was just sur- you just kind of out of the blue, so whatever. Sure. okay. Right, this match. Uh big old whop and dud. I would star and a half. I, I mean obviously not quite a total squash, kind of. Um, but the, the parts where George South was in control probably were the best parts of the match. And then, uh, Tatanga looked okay. It was, it was an all right splash match. It is what it is. And one of those kind of matches. To me, I feel like this match was more or less that background
1: noise, the soundtrack to the Stan Lane phone call again. And to me, just taking the Stan Lane phone call again hurt this match for me.
2: Well, I mean, that's the main part of this whole, uh, this whole episode is, is kind of being a backdrop to this uh, live event at Madison Square Garden. So, Up next, we see a video package for the women's champion, Elena
1: Blaze, which wasn't really much of a, I guess, in ring video package. We see her workout. We see her cry winning the title on Raw. We see her on her motorcycle. We see her on the beach in her swimsuit, which made me pop. And we see her at her jet ski.
2: I don't want to hear you popping about <laughs> people's uh, bikinis.
1: I have to ask you, Mr. Beverly Hills. Okay. Does this video package of the women's champion, London Blaze, make you excited to see her in the ring?
2: Oh, not really. <laughs> I, but I don't know if it was designed to do that. I was think it was designed to, as you said, make you pop. Uh, <laughs> And make other fourteen-year-olds uh, uh, pop, I guess. Yeah, I think that was more the point. Yeah, to me,
1: this did not get me excited to see her in the ring at all. Like no. you said, I did, I did crack a smile seeing her in her, her bikini and all that on the beach. Uh, but than, I, I don't
2: like these euphemisms. Pop, crack a smile. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> whatever. I'm just.
2: Yeah, I have a smile on my face.
1: I let her blaze. Thank you very much. After that, we get a nothing acro-pro commercial with Razor and mm-hmm. Don't Don't Do Drugs. No, don't. <laughs> wasn't it Don't Smoke? <laughs> Whatever. Smokers <laughs> are losers. That's that's a lot. Then we get a Macho Man Slim Jim commercial. step into it.
2: He ripped a door off a locker. <laughs> that was the that was the thing. He he took this locker door just pull it off his hinges to get to his Slim Jims.
0: Then we get Bruce McMahon welcoming the WWF champion Yoko Zuna. Yeah, and he had a really
2: cute comparison to this 1994 Northridge earthquake that, like, <laughs> that caused people to talk, and so was Yoko Zuna. I was like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> think about it. But clearly that's not the first nor the last time that Vince will make terrible comparisons to tragedies uh, comparing them to events in the WWF. So.
1: so I know we've talked about this before in the podcast. I very well noted it here with McMahon and Mr. Fuji on McMahon Crunch had to drag, had to lead along Mr. Fuji in this promo. That Yes. Pretty much that Jim Cornette wasn't there and according to Mr. Fuji, he was at a press conference in Tokyo celebrating Yokozuna's title win this coming Saturday at the Royal Rumble.
2: A big, big press conference.
1: Yes, and <laughs> like like you said before, like I mentioned, Vince had to drag, push that info out of Master Fuji, and... Totally. I have to.
2: <laughs> Boo! I hated that. Yeah, that, I don't get it. I just don't get... Mr. Fuji's presence, like at all, you know, and I just don't get it. I I don't understand. He's, I, I assume he was a good wrestler in the day. I haven't really watched a lot of him, but I'm sorry. He's just not, A good speaker, and it's not even that he his English is broken because there's plenty of people who have broken English who are really good speakers. It just seems like he's lost. It just seems like he can't remember what he's trying to say, and I I mean that has nothing to do with his uh, his English or lack thereof. So don't get me wrong there. I I don't care about that. It's just that he doesn't seem to know what he wants to say. I feel like Jim Cornette being
1: added to Mister Fujin Yokozuna. Made Yokozuna million times better since Jim Cornette is able to cut a hell of a lot better promo than Mr. Fuji.
2: I just don't understand why the only Asian American person Vince McMahon's Rolodex just has to be Mr. Fuji. Uh, now. Just has to be Yokozuna's manager. Like why there are no other Asian American wrestlers. There are no other. Um, Asian-American actors that we can use for this. like we, It's either Mr. Fuji or White Guy. Why can't it be something else? Why do we have to just go either the worst promo ever or Jim Cornette? Why can't we have someone else? Like I feel like this is lazy and, I don't know, just bad. This is going to be uh, kind of bad, but since the great Kabuki was being brought
1: into the Royal Rumble, do you know how well Kabuki is on the mic? Uh, he, he usually...
2: The manager uh okay. so i don't know
1: no okay i was just curious since yeah like i said great kabuki was being brought in and from mr fuji and all that so just which just curious
2: i don't know i mean pat tanaka is what is born and raised in america he could have done it um i don't know again there are millions or not millions but there's probably hundreds of asian american actors who are trying to break into roles who could have been Used in this, but i mean it didn't have to be an asian person either but i just feel like it's lazy just to be like oh uh we have we're gonna do this japanese character oh mr fuji it's you
1: yeah i don't know i just felt it's like weak. Vince, it's weak i feel like vince wanted to give mr fuji a paycheck and like okay okay you got it. okay fuji you got earlier paycheck so <laughs> here you
2: go
0: i
1: don't uh, know yeah
2: it's just i don't no, I feel like it's rough. It's rough,
1: and I feel like we did a. I feel like we were a lot more entertaining with talking about Mister Fuji than Mister Fuji, Fuji was himself.
2: Probably, yeah. But then, but I mean, going to the main thrust of this uh, of this promo segment here, it was, I felt like uh, Yoko, like we you mentioned
1: before on the previous editions of the Road to WrestleMania 10 series, Yoko sold this sold the main event match, the casket match, when McMahon mentioned the casket, Yoko on a skirt, he sold it greatly with his body language. I loved it. I wish Vince would have said casket right off the bat and <laughs> and take away the two minutes or whatever Mr. Fuji was on the mic.
2: Oh, I kind of liked that. I kind of liked that he was like, okay, you know, tough guy Yoko, and then he gets freaked out when... Uh, when Vince says casket, and then I like that he Vince just kind of keeps going at him, <laughs> keeps talking to him and all that. Yeah, and he's and and I like that he keeps kind of harping on it. That that's fun. I I like that. I I really liked it when the taker's dong went off and the lights yep. went out. Paul Bear
1: pushed the casket out with the urn <laughs> right on top, and the urn was shaking along with being pushed out. And I swear it looked like a fan almost like knocked the urn off. Uh, oh, the top of okay. the casket, and that that made me smile a lot. Right. Then, then yeah, like you said, that Vince sold it greatly, and he'll keep on taunting Yokozuna, like, "Oh, come on over, come look at the double deep, double wide casket, <laughs> yeah,
0: come yeah,
2: on, he wants, <laughs> yeah, he wants to look at it. He's he's saying that there's fear in his eyes. I thought he was he was really really harping on harping on this. It was pretty and funny. Yokozuna sold it greatly, like well, oh, Undertaker's gonna be in the casket,
1: you know, putting his hand up away in the air, you know, saying, maybe, you know, doing the hand gesture of a giant, referring to Undertaker, and all that. It it was great, then Mr. Fuji tried to convince Yoko to squash the casket, then Yoko Yeah, okay I, I thought it.
0: he
2: was just gonna, like, look inside of it, and then Vince is like, he's gonna squash it? I was like, what? Why is he gonna sit on the casket that wouldn't squash it? And why is this happening? So, like, when he said that he was going to squash it, but whatever.
1: Yeah, then, like you said, that, you know, when Yoko started to open it, which I noticed, like, it was cracked open a little bit anyway, I assumed to give Undertaker some kind of light on inside the casket, then, yeah. Uh, or possibly some air? <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> then, yeah, then, yeah, when the lid popped open, Undertaker popped out, and Yoko, holy crap. <laughs> it was f- funny seeing him bucket. You know, backwards, yes.
2: scared, tripping up the aisle, and all that. It made me laugh. Yes, when he ran, it was pretty funny. The anticipation for the for him opening it got a little long for me, but I get that if you were in the audience, uh, or if you, I don't know, or if you were, like, a child that didn't automatically assume that Undertaker would be in it, that it was pretty cool but it got a tidge line but yeah what the reveal and then him running to the back was ace definitely something that
1: was a great reveal after the undertaker was when he went on one knee did the pose i saw a funny sign in the crown and it and it and it says and i quote a tisket a tasket yokozuna and a casket <laughs>
2: That's pretty good. <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> it made, pretty good. made me laugh and it <laughs> and, it <laughs> chuckle and it rhymed and all that. I'm like, this is funny. I have to take, I have to pause it. I have to take note. I have to bring this up to Mr. Beverly Hills. I wish...
2: You know that's from a song, right?
1: Yeah, a tisket, a Okay.
2: Well, it almost sounded like you thought it was an original. What? yeah. It just made me
1: laugh seeing Yokozuna trip up the aisle and take her pose, and then we see that sign. So, it... Made, oh, I thought to me it made that this segment that much better. Sure, it was a commercial for building up a main event match for next week on Monday Night Raw. The Head Drinkers taking on the Hearts. Yeah, that was a bad Burt Hayes impression. It's more like a Vince impression, but what? Yeah,
2: that was that was Vince. That was definitely Vince. But yeah, that, it, I and I like this. Is another like good touch, right? We are looking back with hindsight. We know that this isn't gonna happen, but good uh use of trying not to foreshadow the Owen t- turn too heavily. Um, you know, we have this match planned already, so uh yeah, I, I like that. I like that they're they're doing these uh, kind of extra steps. And like you said, it makes the heel turn seem to be more out
1: of the blue, like we didn't expect it happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so the next match, we get. <laughs> Big Daddy Cool Diesel with the Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels, taking on Scott Powers.
2: Yes, from the state of Minnesota, Gino Kerlin says. <laughs> or not Gino Kerlin, Frank Howard uh, Finkel. And tell me more about the Scott Powers. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. I, do, I looked and. I could find a different Scott Powers who debuted in 1998, so I know that's not him. Um, otherwise, all I have is just these raw results, so I don't have a ton for Scott Powers. Okay. and to
1: me, I feel like this is another jobber match just to showcase yes. Diesel, and right, honestly, I could have went with not seeing this match.
2: <laughs> yeah, Diesel is... I, I get that he's already kind of in preps to be their next big guy. Um, he's not looking like he's ready here. Uh, we get some, I don't know, we get kind of some botches here. He looks kind of rough around the edges. He did a gut wrench powerbomb, which looked pretty good. Uh, but he's looking still pretty green. A uh,
1: uh, stage of his career. Something that I got a good laugh out of that. I remember when we reviewed the RAW before this. We you questioned heavily on why I think it was Shawn Michaels had a match and he threw out Diesel. Diesel just whatever, threw him back in. Michaels threw him out. Diesel threw him back oh, yeah. in. I uh, yeah. I laughed when Diesel threw out Powers. Michaels actually punched him a little bit and actually yeah. did a number on him. Then threw him back in. I'm like, I bet Mr. Beverly Hills would be. Proud to see this.
2: Well, he's just acting like a wrestler, but yeah. it was just odd when Diesel just put put the other jobber back into the match. Yeah. And this is but yeah. this
1: is a match we get from Stan get the call from Stan Lane saying that well, once again the volume was smoking around on him, that we get the Quebecers won back the take team titles, from Mr. Beverly Hills.
2: Well it was it was very weird. This is the one where I thought you were actually gonna talk about like how weird these Stan Lane calls were because all he says is uh, Kid and Marty were robbed. Johnny Polo got away with it, and I mean, he doesn't say like, "Oh, Quebecers won." Yes. He doesn't say how they won. He just says, and I mean, you can assume, you can use your power of inference. But it was just funny that he says only that Kid and Marty were robbed, and that Johnny Polo got away with it.
1: Yeah, so. the, he didn't full out say the Quebecers won, but he yeah. beat her on the bush and implied yeah. it. Yeah. But that's fine. Then we pretty much yeah get to, get to the finish. Set. After the call, like you mentioned about the gut wrench su- super pluck or the gut wrench suplex power bomb thing, I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm happy you called it gut wrench suplex power bomb. Whatever. <laughs> I like it. I like that it's, I like to call it the gut wrench suplex power bomb. Okay. Whatever. Then Diesel picked him up, punched him in the face, kicked him in the face. Yell at him, threw him the ropes, hit him with a big boot, hit it, hit a running elbow, and picked up the victory. Yep, big boot elbow drop win. And I was wondering when, when Diesel hit the big the running elbow. You know, like I like you teased me earlier. I did like this with this elbow and pin was out of the blue. Do you know when Diesel was using the jackknife as his finisher? Nope. Okay, because when I saw that, I was kind of wondering, like, okay, it would later become his finishing maneuver. I was just wondering when it, when it was implemented. But sure. I read it, I read this match another dud that, you know, it, to me wasn't really nothing. I'm, like I said, I'm happy that Owen Hart-Terry Austin match was the first jobber match because it was a lot better than the Tataka and Diesel jobber matches. And you know, to me, this was nothing.
2: Yeah, I went half a star. You know, Diesel's definitely still really rough around the edges. He's very much kind of learning what he's going to do and what his kind of persona and just overall actions are kind of going to be. And, uh, yeah, he's still still kind of learning that. So we're still in those stages. Then we get another Royal Rebel Report with Todd Pentengale.
1: I feel like there's no need for us to cover it again since we had talked about the first two rounds of the series.
2: Nope, there's not exactly really any new information here. He just goes over the participants, goes over the uh, couple main matches, and that's about it. I guess this is where we were finally annu- it was finally announced that the Quebecers and the Hearts will
1: actually be for the team titles.
2: Right, uh-huh, yeah, that w- I guess that would be the main occurrence in it, yep. Then we get the main event of the match, the main
1: event of the night, Mach-Man Ready Savage versus IRS. And Mr. Beverly Hills, to me, if I had to describe this match in three words or less, I have to to call this match Chinlock City.
2: He was in a chinlock for 30 seconds. 30 seconds! (laughs) (laughs) I... To me, I hated this match a lot because... Is that the only part you watched out of the match? Because he was in a a chin lock for 30 seconds, not even. I hated this match because
1: IRS had control that felt like 99%
2: of the match. And when he did, it was very, very, very slow for me. I feel like you're taking your knowledge of IRS from other matches and putting it in this one. Because this match was almost action the whole time. He had him in one chin lock and that was it. Otherwise it was move move move. Yeah. Well to me I feel like this match drug a lot. Well let's let's, well, let's talk I just about I don't know I don't know what match you were watching. I, I really don't. Let's let's talk about this. When Macho Man came
1: out, he came out first. And it made me laugh when Macho Man came in. He ran over the corner, you know, a taunted crush. You know, got off the the corner, sat on the ropes, and wanted to welcome Crush into the ring, but Crush didn't. Yep. Which I felt like was a very, very nice touch to what we'll see maybe later on in the night.
2: Yeah. Yep, it's uh, definitely setting up or continuing the feud between uh, Macho and Crush. Then, do you know what IRS did to get the jobber entrance during, during the commercial? I don't know, they just had the commercial break. He was talking, he was jying with the fans, definitely, because he had the microphone, but yeah. Probably told him that they're just nothing but Virginia tax cheats. Uh, probably, I would
1: sure assume so. Or smelling Moon tax cheats. <laughs> <Right. laughs> that I One thing I really enjoyed, probably one of a few things, about this match is when the bell did sound, we heard a loud Irwin chant. Right out out the gate. Sure. Yeah, I was kind of
2: crazy to start a lot of back-and-forth action.
1: Yeah, I guess I really like the Irwin chant because I don't know how many heels hate hearing their name get chanted.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're probably right. That was a a big part of his act, I guess. Yeah, honestly, that was a big part of his
1: act. I guess, to me, that gave him a unique touch because I feel like most individuals would like to hear their name get chanted.
2: Well, that I don't know. That's always been a heel thing where they don't go by their real name and make their real name chanted. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I did get a big chuckle out of
1: IRS. I guess another thing I liked about this match was when, when IRS had the advantage he tossed Macho Man outside the ring IRS turned around he gave Crush a big thumbs up. it's cheesy i know
2: i just don't know did you watch the match yes i did watch watch these like these random like thumbs up thing do you do you watch what goes on yes i watched it a few times over oh man so yeah so irs is throwing him into the the barricade he uh Yeah, that's when I guess he did this thumbs-up thing. Um, They go back in, and Savage is able to get an atomic drop. He has a really nice clothesline, um, a forearm, and he's in control. He throws IRS as we go to the commercial, and this is when we come back. This is when we get the only chin-lock spot in the whole match for 30 seconds. This is it. (laughs) Whatever. I don't... Yeah. Well, I, I just I felt like... the Didn't IRS have a few more um, rest hold spots in this match? Not really. The only other control segment is he's doing a lot of stomps. He's doing a lot of stomps. Okay, then I don't
1: know why I felt like he did a lot of chin locks, but...
2: I just felt like whatever... Because you're thinking about IRS's other career matches, I guess. I
1: feel like whenever IRS has... At least in this match with Macho, whenever IRS had the advantage, I felt like the match slowed down and dragged a lot for me
2: yeah i mean that's a heel that's a heel control segment you know man that's that's what you're gonna get
1: and it made me hate him so i rested a good job on that then being a heel
2: yeah i just don't think this was so bad this was a fine match i thought I, Uh,
1: i guess yeah it just did not connect with me while i watched this match sure yeah, that's do probably you, about it. Do you have any other notes about this match before we get to the finish?
2: Um, no, not especially. Just the kind of the the. It's a lot of back and forth. Like, uh, well, yeah, cause I thought it's, like, it's mostly that. I feel like whenever Macho did, you
1: know, ha- had the control, it, did, IRS made sure it didn't last too long.
2: Mm-hmm, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like he, I, he got I, it. He did a. He did an uh, abdominal stretch at one point where he was cheating, um, pulling the ropes. Um, Macho was able to crotch him at one point, which looked pretty good. But, yeah, that was, that was about it until we get to the finish.
1: Yeah, IRS went up top and jumped off and was connected with Macho Man's boot. Uh, Macho Man got a 2 yeah. count off of that, then dropped IRS on the top rope like a guillotine slingshot. Body slammed him, went up top to hit the flying elbow then. Crush ran in, pushed out the top rope for a disqualification. Right, yep. Then we get a bunch of, uh, I guess, vin- our typical Royal Rumble tease spots on Crush and Double Team mantra for a while, then Tatanka came out, then pretty much after that, one, one by one, faces and heels came down to the ring, filled up the arena to make it look like they were doing a arena brawl to, to uh, build up the Royal Rumble this coming Saturday.
2: Yeah, I dug this. We got all the, pretty much the major players. We got Luger, we got Yokozuna, Michaels, and Diesel. Like you said, Tatanka, the Hearts came out. Or actually just Brett, yeah, sorry, just, just uh, Brett. Um, and yeah, they're all going at it in the ring. Um, Luger tossed, he tossed one of them out, maybe IRS. But that was the only toss we saw. And then the rest was just kind of... Uh, uh, big frickness in the ring, so. yeah, which I yeah, like. Yeah, and that's, and that's where we cut, uh,
1: cut this raw. And this match, like I said, just didn't connect for me. It just wasn't my kind of match. I, yeah, matchman won by disqualification. Out of this match, another dud.
2: I would go probably two and three quarters on this match. Okay, yeah, like I said, just this match just wasn't my kind of match.
1: So, so we'll be right back to uh, talk with our jobber and set Settis star here on Menevin Settis radio. And by the way,
3: anything can happen and I would suggest take a look at this now. Oh, dropping it in.
4: nice nicely. I
3: would certainly hope that nothing would happen as far as your involvement or at
4: least potential involvement in the Macho Man Randy Savage matchup later on tonight. Listen here, Vince. I'll tell you this one time, brother. I am a professional. I'm not a hothead, unlike the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm out here to do one thing, and that is a call the matches as I see them. And that's exactly what I'll do. Macho Man will have his hands full tonight with IRS. Believe me, brother.
0: But this one a long way from being over. We'll be back in a moment with a conclusion. Get
3: <laughs> Kendra- Another victory for the Rocket. Owen Hart on his way to the Royal Rumble, along with his brother, the hitman, Bret Hart. And this could very well be the Royal Rumble, your moment, the Tag Team Championship, up for grabs. But is it? Because tonight, well... The rematch is going to take place in Madison Square Garden momentarily. And I want we you get your comments, Owen, as to whom you believe you would like to see victorious. Would you like to see the 1-2-3 kid and Marty Jannetty victorious? Or would you like to see the Quebecers take it back?
4: Well, you know, Vince, that's really great for the 1-2-3 kid and Marty Jannetty. They're getting a shot. The WWF belts. I, really don't, I don't want to take anything away from those guys. But this was an opportunity for me and also Bret, too. But now it's been kind of taken away, so... I don't want to say anything against 1-2-3-Kid and Marty Jannetty, but I'm kind of looking forward to fighting the Quebecers, and I kind of hope that they're the tag team champions so that Brett and I can get an opportunity to fight for the WWF Tag Team Bills. Uh, Brett, your comment? Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Marty Jannetty and the 1-2-3-Kid, uh, hey, they make great champions, and uh, under no circumstances would I ever find myself cheering for the Quebecers, and no matter what happens. Uh let the chips fall where they may. But uh, 1, 2, 3, Marty, Cinelli, I'm sure they'd give us a title shot when the time's right.
3: Well, the best of luck to both of you, title or no title. Thank you very much for joining us. Bret Hart and his brother, the and Owen Hart, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I'm the Dog Stimus here with Dusty Hills.
0: Not plugging my trucks, not plugging my Jeeps, but plugging... Burdick's Pepsi. Oh, Dog Stimus, you know, when I get down to your... Car Emporium, I don't even know what you're going to have for me. Is it going to be Jeep's, Dusty hills Oh, no, talking about my trucks today. No, today we're talking about the Pepsi, brother. We're talking about the the Mountain Dew, all the great Pepsi products. You know, I don't know why St. Cloud State got rid of the Pepsi, brother. Because the dog Stamis is the best Pepsi deliverer in the planet. Woo! talk about it, Stamis. Screw Coca-Cola. Screw Mel yellow Pepsi is the way
1: to
4: go.
3: I've got a man that is pacing the floor. He won his match earlier
0: over Zodiac. That means yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One down, one to go. You know what? I beat the Zodiac. Yeah, the little audience participation here. Yeah, because I'm wild. Your boss dance is good Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom's desk is good Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your that's dance is good Yeah, yeah, yeah. My curiosity is only me like a Yeah yeah. Business is business, friendship, friendships, all go already the line in the sand. The fact. Yeah, man versus man doubled and tripled. Boom, 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 yeah Maybe I am insane yeah. Maybe it's time for you to take the snake to find out How I am, yeah, boom, yeah Right now, yeah, the harder to conway, the more glorious to triumph There's something burning, yeah I can feel something Bubbling in my right, boom, boom, yeah Bubbling and blowing for you, Thank you, the Macho Man. Randy Savage is one of the guy. Let's get you back inside the ring. Step into a Slim Jim. Turn to the spine. That baby juicy taste. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom, yeah. 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 Boom, yeah. 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 Wow. I'm the greatest professional wrestler that ever lived. And I'm living now, yeah. Macho Man, the is the limit. I'm going straight to the top. Macho to man, the sky's the limit. I am the cream of the crop. Dap, 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 dap into a Slim Jim. Boom, yeah, boom, boom, yeah. Dap, 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 dap into a Slim Jim. Boom, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the reigning world wrestling federation champion, Yokozuna.
4: I can't believe it to that, they have no respect for the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Not only the champion, but my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Master Fuji. Conspicuous by his
3: absence is the American spokesperson for Yokozuna, Mr. Jim Cornette. Why is he not here? Has Yokozuna wised up? Has he fired Jim Cornette? And are you next?
4: Oh, no, no,
3: boy, son. Mr. Conan is right now in big, big press conference in Tokyo, Japan. What would be the purpose of the press conference in Tokyo? None of your business, Vince. The purpose is for big, big victory celebration for Yokozuna and all the people from Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Jim Cornette has a press conference in Japan celebrating Yokozuna's victory at the Royal Rumble in the casket match? Why am I? You no mention casket. You know mention casket. Yokozuna don't want to hear casket match. You understand?
4: Listen ah. to my man trying to stir trouble here. I can't believe him.
3: No doubt, Mr. Fuji, it seems to me that you're uh, celebrating a little bit with the Royal Rumble. Wait a
4: Looks like... What's that? The don't take music? Oh, what is I'm this? These guys weren't scheduled for this interview. This is supposed Rumble to be with Yokozuna one. and Master Fuji. What Rumble is Paul G. Bear doing out there? That's okay. Yokozuna has come over his fear of the casket. And he's got to prove it right Rumble here G. and right what now.
3: Let's walk over and get a little closer look, or are you afraid, Yokozuna?
4: Oh, quit trying to stir trouble, McCann. Let's get Yokozuna.
3: Come. Come over here and get a little closer look.
4: He and, wants to come talk to get me, a brother. closer
3: look. This Saturday, the Royal Rumble stopped in the double wide, double deep casket. A little closer. Look at the fear in the eyes of
4: Yokozuna. That's not fear, brother trying to say nick man in trouble it's
3: a
0: casket
4: mr Yokozuna,
3: especially built for you what about it mr fuji come let's get a little closer look,
4: look. closer look now. look at that that man is not scared
3: wait, wait 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 wait
4: there's not a scared so, bone wait, in that man's body a closer look.
3: see it doesn't hurt anything big casket yeah hey, boy big casket look at the handles on it oh Big handle. You Paul Vera, You give Mr. Fuji. Funny look, huh?
4: <laughs> oh. Yokozuna, This casket, don't be afraid. No, no, no. Not for you. It's for Undertaker. <laughs> That's right, Yokozuna. That's but who's gonna have the casket is Undertaker. Big Go ahead, brother. Very big handle. Go check it out, brother. Don't look me. at Paul Vera. Look at his face. Now that, that man is scared. Paul Barra right, is scared to death. take a little closer
3: look then. Is this is this what you're going to stuff The Undertaker in? Yes. This Saturday.
4: And Paul Barra. Go ahead, brother. Jim Cornette has been sending Yokozuna to a hypnotist, and I guarantee you he's not the afraid Horror of Rusty that. The World Wrestling Federation I I Championship will be up for grabs in this most unique matchup, ladies
3: and gentlemen. Unquestionably the most unique matchup Yokozuna has ever been in
4: Look at him He's not scared Go up there brother Squash that casket And there's a good look at it Send it back
3: to the Undertaker Yokozuna apparently over his fear of
4: the casket Definitely Send it back to the Undertaker In a million pieces Yokozuna right now Watch this McMahon I love this Go get it, uh, brother. Tell him, come on,
3: man. Fuji has just given Yokozuna orders to... What's he going to do?
4: Squash the casket. Yes. Right on. We all think alike, brother. Yes, I've got to see. This guy, something's wrong with this guy, I'm telling you, he's not right. What kind of a guy would hang out in a casket? Come on, you're Oh, he tripped, he tripped. Get up, brother. Don't worry. Look get your hands on him at the Royal Rumble. Just wait for the Royal Rumble. The Undertaker and you, Paul Bear, will end up in that casket. I guarantee that. Look at these two guys. These guys are right. Royal Rumble, brother, this Saturday night. We will see who ends up in that casket. Yoko going to prove to the world and the World Wrestling Federation he is a superior.
2: All right, friends, Romans, countrymen, we are back for the final blow Of this lovely, lovely Raw at the Smelling Moon, (laughs) a.k.a. Richmond Coliseum. Uh, Let's start out. Who was your jobber of the evening? I had to pick the
1: Macho Man, Randy Savage, as my jobber for having to put over IRS in the main event match.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. You got to think, though. Macho Man's a part-timer. Yeah. To me, IRS is IRS is gonna challenge for the Intercontinental Championship yeah, on just, Saturday.
1: I was gonna say to me this makes sense. IRS is yeah, like you said, challenging for the Intercontinental title on Saturday against Razor Ramon. Macho is in the Royal uh, yeah in the Royal Rumble, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess it makes sense that yeah, the Intercontinental title match, yeah, that IRS would be doing more than what Macho would be in the Royal Rumble. So it makes sense building up
2: IRS like they did.
1: During Raw. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my jobber of the evening is uh, going to be Terry Austin. Uh, <laughs> I felt like he had one thing to do, really, other than just, like, bumping for kicks and punches and stuff, and that would be to do that monkey flip. And he decided to just kind of, like, do a face skid across the mat instead. <laughs> so he is he is my jobber. Uh, not on uh, Honorable mention, jobber uh, is Razor Ramon. Uh, that the Intercontinental Champion, uh, so I think they have big plans for. He hasn't appeared yet on Raw, you know, in these, yeah. uh, which I'm sur- been surprised yeah, at too. In these match in these Raws before the Rumble, so, and he, you know, is your thinking is going to be a major part of this pay per view so.
1: <laughs> Yeah, my main event set of star has to be Yokozuna. Because, like, like again, his facial expressions, expressions sold me for his WWF casket match title match at the Royal Rumble without saying one word. We've talked about it a lot. I'm extremely excited, and when when we review the '94 Rumble, I'm excited to review the match and see how the match goes.
2: Yeah, I'd say that the build up to that match has been the, definitely the best. Uh, we you know we've had a little build up for the. Like the Luger part of the Rumble, we've had some build up for the uh, tag team match. Definitely, the build up for the casket match has been the best, and they've spent the most time on it. And Yoko's a huge part of that. My main eventer is going to be Owen Hart. I thought he looked good in the match against Terry Austin. Um, his part of the promo was good. We talked about all those little touches that he kind of added to. Uh, the match and the and the promos surrounding it. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm really looking forward to the '94 pay per view, '94
0: rumble
1: pay per view in general. Yeah, I Owen Hart. I'm de- definitely the last few weeks of the rounds we've been reviewing. Owen Hart's definitely being built up for something special, for yeah. something big in 1994, and I'm excited to re to for us to cover it. in The you know first you know several more weeks of Raw. The next rumble, you know, the rumble ninety four. We'll be reviewing in WrestleMania ten, whatever Owen Hart, whatever role Owen Hart has for at ten. I'm excited, excited for it, and trying to see what what's next for the Rocket Owen Hart. Yes. So we might also well get into the plugs for the podcast. You guys can listen to us on three different platforms: MedeventStatus dot <laughs> com. That's MedeventStatus dot com you guys can listen to us over on SoundCloud search out main event status radio or go to main event or go to soundcloud.com slash main event Satis Radio. And mr beverly hills you are a big component of iTunes
2: podcast tell us about listening to us there. I am a I am a cog. I'm a component yes I'm part of it. I'm also a proponent of listening on iTunes I listen on iTunes. You should, too. It uh, goes right to your podcast feed. Uh, You don't even have to do any updating for it. Um, Please search it out, rate, comment, and subscribe. Bring us to more listeners. We
1: want to beat that hashtag saucy attitude, Jim Ross and the Ross Report, because he's just simply too saucy. (laughs) Yeah, he's the sauciest. You guys can interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook. Search us out Facebook. You know, Main Event Satisfied Radio. Like us there or go to Facebook.com slash Main Event Satisfied Radio. Or you guys can interact with us on the Twitter machine. Mr. Beverly Thrills, how can they interact with you when you chill uh, on the Twitter?
2: <laughs> I am at Beverly Hills MES. And I am... At
1: Dirty Dog Mes, and that's dog as in D A to the W to the G, at <laughs> right Dirty on. Dog Mes and Mr. Beverly Hills. Do you have any final thoughts of the Go Home Edition of Muddy Night Raw 1994?
2: No, other than like I said, that I'm excited for this uh, this Rumble 94. I think the matches have been built up pretty well, uh, and uh, I mean, and I know they're going to be good, so I'm excited for that.
1: I'm excited. I might even be excited to see Tatanka versus Ludwig Bollinger. Yeah. You Maybe. might be disappointed on that one. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we <laughs> uh, get to the 94 po- Rumble podcast. So, I'm excited. You're excited. Yeah. Let's wrap this up for we can uh, get to the 94 Royal Rumble. For Mr. Beverly Hills, <laughs> I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Adios, main eventers.
2: You're a hothead, brother.
0: Come on, hey, hey, hey,
3: come on! Then the time when I said goodbye
0: And now I'm back and not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby, here I am, scientist, deliver, I'm yours Oh yeah When I
3: said goodbye and now I'm back And now a see me cry Ooh, baby Here I am Silent, silent,
0: silent I'm yours Let's go Yeah! Here I am, baby That was amazing. Uh, but you should get, get much more time than anyone else. <laughs> that is our show. Good night, everybody! That's so good.